right now it's time for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by Scott Washington, a local historian extraordinaire, to uh, look back at this week in history on what is a pretty historic week to say, begin we with. We don't even have, we to, don't look have back, to look back. We don't have to look back, yeah. I mean, last night, I, I just woke up and uh, I hit the radio button, and usually it's WCHL, but I hit the wrong one, and suddenly I'm hearing BBC talking about what was happening uh, in Ukraine. Yeah, I will say, as, as someone who looks at lots and lots yeah. and lots of news sites for, for my job, I have to you know go through every local news site pretty much that there is. I also make it a point to keep up, obviously, on state news, national news, right. and international news, and especially with what's going on in, in Ukraine. Uh, I have really tried to, to make an effort to find really good reliable, high-quality news outlets, uh, the BBC is the best, that I think. Is, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I was listening to, these first-hand accounts live uh, coming from there, and it was just extraordinary. Yeah, it really um, is. And certainly our hearts go out uh, to all the moms and dads and kids and grandparents and elderly folks and just ordinary citizens there. Um, I think uh, they want the same thing that we all want. Uh, certainly we can identify with this. Uh, this is a, one of those weeks when... Uh, there's those highlights of American history, the Battle of Moores Creek Bridge, February 27th, uh, 1776, uh, when uh, Scottish Highlanders are going down to the coast to take the port of Wilmington for the British. This is a giant superpower going against the little tiny uh, colonies. And so that's where I think we can identify with, with this. And it's extraordinary bravery that people had back then and people have now. And mm -hmm. as you said, uh, that's a... A great, uh, great source to uh, listen to. I think of like uh, this week is the week when um, Jonas Salk's uh, uh, polio vaccine was first tried uh, in children, and they found yes, it worked. I mean, this was something that had gone on for a long time. It affected uh, uh, one of our own presidents, uh, Franklin Roosevelt. Um, but I, I liked how. Uh, he brought up the things that are so central. And, you know, when we uh, try to explain things about the world, mm -hmm. um, and there were the four freedoms. And I just love this because they're so simple to understand. The first was freedom from fear. And you, you think of parents trying to, you know, calm their kids and say, it's going to be okay, mm -hmm. wherever they are. Um, and along with that, the freedom from want, you know, and that is part of the fear of like, how are we going to be okay? Yes, you're going to be okay. Freedom from want means uh, uh, that your housing and your health care and your food, uh, you don't have to be insecure about that. And then, of course, freedom of speech, to be able to say, to ask questions. <laughs> you know, this is what kids want to know. Can I ask questions? And my parents will ask. And freedom of conscience, mm -hmm. to say, well, I don't agree with that. So in a week when uh, we remember um, uh, Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers' uh, dying back in 2003, here's a person who's always thinking about the kids, the impacts. And that's what I think of in this case, is not some giant superpower saying, well, this is our, this is our right to do this, but rather the kids and mm -hmm. the people who are affected in families and how important that is. And the fact that they have, and, and you said it with, with FDR's freedom from fear, like right. The, the, the right and just the... This the uh, like the the right as a human being yes. to to live without fear, which is That's being right. rampantly violated in, right. in this week, and it's yeah, it's, it's terrible to watch. I mean, it's not like Ukraine has uh, not had this problem for eight years, so they're not immune to it. But I didn't f hear any of these firsthand 
interviews with people who know multiple languages, mm-hmm. uh, ordinary Ukrainians who are like, this is our country, we love it. And I, I was impressed. I, I was impressed by that. And I thought, how are they telling their kids and how are we going to tell our kids about uh, about this? And it's important. Yeah. And, and, luckily, I, and I, th- I think also it's also important to note, like Kiev in particular, which, you know, uh, some, of the, some of the early news reports from from r- reporters and, and journalists and correspondents who were flying into Kiev and landing there and experiencing yes. it for the first time were surprised at just how modern a city is. Yes. Like, yes, it's a, it's a modern city with millions of people in it. They've That's got, right. it's, it's thriving. They've got restaurants, shops, museums. Like, this is... This is the equivalent of Raleigh getting right. shelled or or D.C. or something like that with hundreds of thousands, millions right. of people that are in the crossfire. I think that's how, how we can identify with, with those people in this time and also the fact that um, there's going to be a lot of refugees, people mm-hmm. trying to keep their family safe, and uh, that's going to create enormous issues that we can all identify with. And uh, so it's important to keep those folks in our thoughts and prayers in this time and um, we hope that the world will continue to uh, exercise uh, its due diligence, and uh, uh, and hopefully there will be some resolution that and take the evolve. right action. Yeah, yeah, lots of life. Yeah, I, I would say though this is a week because we, we always lift up some interesting people of history that are inspiring, and I think that's the other thing. <laughs> you know, we, I think of like Mr. Rogers was always lifting up interesting people in history. Well, here is a great one, uh, February twenty fifth. Her name's Ida Lewis. Now, I am sure you have not, many people have not heard of this name, but she was incredibly well-known uh, in the 19th century. Uh, she was uh, born in 1842 on February 25th and um, born into a lighthouse keeper family. Her father was a lighthouse keeper up in Newport, uh, Rhode Island, and this little island uh, that uh, she she was raised at and she would row her ki- her brothers and sisters to school every day and getting really strong at doing this. And um, her father uh, took ill, and uh, so the mother took over, um, and Ida took over a lot of this. They had to light the light every day. At the age of 12, uh, she makes her first rescue um, in 1854, coming to the assistance of four men whose boat had capsized. And, you know, this is 12. This continues throughout her whole life. In fact, it's reported that she rescued between 18 to 25 people. And uh, some people uh, complained about her, uh, you know, well, I'm not sure this is the right thing to have a, have a woman uh, rowing. And uh, is that ladylike? And I feel like the 18 to 25 people were fine <laughs> with it. I think so. Her response, and I just love this, was the quote is, none but a donkey would consider it unfeminine to save lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Ida Lewis, and she lives to 1911. So, and she was extraordinarily uh, vetted and praised. And this was a common person who was lifted up by men and women everywhere as, wow, mm-hmm. this is a woman who is, she becomes a lighthouse keeper there. Um, and saves lives throughout her lives, even as late as uh, uh, at the age of 69. So just extraordinary woman. There's one other one. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, we okay. got one. Yep, All right, I was the last say. one I'm going to say is one we probably don't know, but you probably heard the term. Say, oh, I'm in a funk. Well, it's not, <laughs> that may be a lot of things, uh, but it's uh, I think of the fellow whose actual name was this, Casimir Funk, born in 1884, February 23rd. Lives to 1967. Well, he's a guy who comes across an article, born in Warsaw. 
he immigrates eventually to America, he comes across an article by uh, a Dutch uh, scientist, uh, Christian Eichmann, who talks about that there seemed to be something about um, what was the difference between chickens being fed polished rice and brown rice. And the ones who fed brown rice seemed to recover in some way. And he was like, what is this? Well, he looked into it. He said there must be something. And sure enough, he finds what he calls an anti-berry-berry particle that seems to be in this food. And um, because it takes nitrogen, he terms this term vital amines. Well, of course, it becomes shortened to vitamins with an E on it. And then, of course, it becomes shortened to vitamins. Um, So, yes, in 1912, he's the guy who suggests that there are things we need in our diet that are essential that will actually solve simple things. And um, these are the people I, I like to lift up when we think about history matters in times like this, that they're inspiring people who keep asking questions and make our lives better. And that's why history matters. Couldn't have said it better myself. Scott Washington, <laughs> as always, thank you so much. Thank you, Eric.